Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Party is battling Tyranids aboard the Dream of Flight. Atticus proved to be epically deadly with his fists. Eli found great satisfaction in blasting the hated Xenos. Morgan took a toll on the enemy with her sniper rifle, and Valentine sang inspiration to his team. But what will happen now that they've discovered Kanehurst is controlling the Tyranids? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Overheard during the mounting of a sign above a tavern on Last Gleaming. Pardon me, my lord, but may I ask why you're calling it the, the Clawn Wing? It's easy, my friend. I've got a dream of flight. Inquisitor Kanehurst, or what is left of him, uh, emerges from the, uh, the, the cargo hold. Beyond it, you can see what is best described as a resident evil-sized nonsense lab of all of the equipment uh, from the, the hospital ship uh, that has been rigged up into just a, a massive spindly nightmare that would make the Ordos Mechanicus just vomit in binary and rage at how messy and ill-kempt this is. There is no cabling to be seen. It is just truly a mishmash of, of nightmare machines. Um, but uh, quite clearly uh, an incubator for the, the nightmares that you now face. Um, from the, the video screens, um, you can see that uh, Kanehurst is essentially, or parts of him, seem to be stretched over uh, a Xenos carapace, uh, what appears to be almost a giant Frankenstein monster of Tyranid bits. Uh, for those of us who've had the pleasure of actually fucking around with Warhammer models, it's a little bit like that one kid who like shows up at a tournament being like, well, I just thought it was cool, so I glued it all together. Uh, there are uh, limbs where there should not be limbs, scythes where there weren't scythes before, um, but uh, truly a, a a monstrous creature uh, with massive leathery wings, uh, huge scythes um, kind of extending out, uh, out of his shoulders, um, massive mandible jaw uh, of a head that uh, moves just a little too slowly and a mouth that, that uh, kind of like opens and shuts and moves, but not quite in sync with what's being said. Uh, you can tell that it's it's a nervous system that is rigged to Kanehurst, but that isn't really fully in sync. Like, he's not speaking through the vocal cords of this monster, but um, he's it almost seems like a bad puppet. Um, his face and head are certainly, like, embedded just kind of roughly where an Adam's apple would be. Uh, in that awful face-stretched way uh, that uh, some of the Chaos miniatures do ever so well. Um, but uh, yeah, if you've played Dead Space, uh, think that if that fucked a Tyranid and its kid was Tom Hanks, then you've got you got yourself this. So just Chet Hanks, uh, really. Uh, just basically Chet Hanks. Um, so uh, he takes pretty much uh, not quite floor to ceiling. Uh, he's not that tall, but he is very, very large and imposing and sort of standing over the... Uh, the horde before him, um, and of the the many kind of disassociated arms, some of which are at the wrong angle um, and are kind of angled incorrectly for their position on on the torso. Uh, several sets of the arms are steepled um, in in classic Mister Burns fashion, um, as uh, as as uh, Kanehurst kind of slithers uh, forward. Now, of course, he's out there and you're in here, so that's great. That is that is uh, an advantage uh, that you have. Um, but, uh, beyond that, uh, it's, it's time, time to get talking. Uh, you were saying the combatants in the hallway have frozen, Tom, they're not coming they have at stopped. us. stopped. So the, it's Great. not like they're stock still, uh, like robots that got turned off. Um, they're still like moving around a little bit. Uh, it's more so that they almost seem like they're, they're at attention, um, or kind of waiting for instructions. If you were to say, start trying to kill them, um, they would likely just like 
fall back. Like they're not just going to stand there mindlessly and get murdered. Get, like, yeah. Halt. Well, so I was going to say, let me tell you, buddy, they're falling back. I was going to say, Atticus <laughs> punched us that. a gap, I think, a second ago anyway. So Valentine would just tell everyone, hold position, friends. Things appear to have gotten slightly more interesting. Uh, and he will send Eugene uh, to fly out uh, and down so that he can talk to Kane Hurst directly. And he's mm. also buying Kotov time to continue to sort out what we need to be able to detonate this ship. And he'll say to Morgan as Eugene is flying out, just, do you have any tips for dealing with Kanehurst or whatever Kanehurst has become? I'm unfamiliar with the man. Yeah, so Morgan and Eli, uh, your your old inquisitor is is alive and unwell. Um, how are both of you kind of feeling in, in this moment? I think the suspicion that he may have been still kicking was probably floating around, but probably not like, not, li- <laughs> not like this. <laughs> Uh, Eli has a he has a bit of a moment of surprise and then just turns to Morgan and says well I guess we know why he didn't come back for us <laughs> cool Morgan how are you feeling about uh, yeah Morgan new, new I, I think she is a bit freaked out she never liked him but and she never liked the way that he operated. But I think seeing, you know, an Inquisitor be this fucked up is even more upsetting because she already didn't trust a lot of the other people in the Inquisition from being mm-hmm. at Harthold and seeing kind of the shit that happens. But this is even more like, oh my God, come on. Is anybody cool in the Inquisition? This is like... And Morgan will reply to Valentine just, well, apparently none of us knew him. All right, we're starting off cold. Uh, And he'll just wait for Eugene to, like, fly out the door. uh, Just say, greetings, Inquisitor Kanehurst. I am Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. I am impressed, I will admit, by your ability to control these Xenos. And I am curious about what you are doing here and how you knew I was coming. Well, that, my friend, seems like a... uh, Well, I mean, unless you're being genuine, in which case it's a different thing. But is that that flattery or is that... Are you legitimately... Impressed by Xenos. I mean, command. realistically, I bet Valentine's careful in that he didn't say, hey, love your job strapping yourself to an alien because that seems fucked up. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the ability to control Tyranids from an inquisitorial perspective is indeed fascinating and perhaps highly useful and critical to Imperial interests. What he's not saying is, I also saw the psychic door completely fuck them up, so I think if the nids get anywhere near you, you're just going to get steamrolled into being part of the hive mind. He's leaving that out. So it's not a lie. It's just he's leaving out about 30% of the truth. Okay, so I think then we'll go with, with charm. Uh, seems the most, the most appropriate. Um, I think we're going to say this is a difficulty three. Okie um, dokie. I'm going to give you a boost for exactly what we just described. The fact that like it's easier to lie when you actually can put some weight behind it. Um, and, you know, you see the application. Yeah, like maybe, yeah, it's not what you would buy for yourself for your home. But like, you know, you get it. It works for some people and that's fine. If this is a, if this is a lie, it kind of is. Would you accept deception instead of charm? Um. <laughs> Based on the way you described just now, I don't know if I... Well, it's cunning, so yes, sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You win because of the skill associated with it. I feel like this is still probably... Like, honestly, this would, in like D&D terms, this would be like a diplomacy check, I think, more than anything. But yeah. you are using your cunning because you're you're flattering him and you're you're appealing to his sense of megalomania <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty clearly. So, um, great. Okay, so you get a boost for that. Um would Valentine worry about Atticus and his reaction to you doing this, or would you just trust that he'll follow your lead? Valentine is talking through Eugene, so Atticus doesn't really have access to the microphone, and the enemy is far away, and odds of Atticus charging away from a safe position to somewhere else tactically is there. So he's not going to say anything. He also doesn't know if he says anything, if the aliens on the ship can hear it, and whether or not Kanehurst can hear it. Yeah, so he's so just going to play this one straight. Uh, just as a reminder, Kanehurst has hacked the the ship's comms. So he's speaking to you through okay. all of the, the speakers. And, uh, and Well, then, yeah, he's definitely not saying anything out loud. 
Okay, so you can just like sub vocalize to Eugene. Eugene can repeat. Well, I mean, if it's like activating the comm to Eugene, and then he can let go of the button. Like nobody else has access to Eugene. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. Yeah. No one can speak. Yes, yes, yes. But they're hearing what you, Valentine, are saying in room because you're yes, absolutely. In, yeah, yeah. Okay, great, great, great. Cool. Um, okay, great. So that's fine. So no setback for that. Um, I'm going to give you a setback uh, for. Um, there's a lot of digital interference. Uh, this is like a bad Zoom connection to some extent. You can feel your your voice clipping in and out. Um, it's something that you haven't had time to investigate because it's literally just happened, but it seems that kind of like whatever he's using to overwhelm the systems on the ship is potent to a point where it's interfering with even your short-range comms uh, to, to Eugene. Um, and I would say like your eyes are probably getting... Uh, like you're, you've got a, a lot of ability to just disregard things that interfere with with your your like brain and your optics and your situational awareness. So I think it's it's um, reasonable to think that this isn't actually impeding you, but you're getting artifacts again, like a bad video feed. Yeah, um, I mean, he can't guarantee what's getting through to Kanehurst. Like he knows what he can say, and that's yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think again, because of your conditioning, it's like even if something was happening with your optics, it wouldn't be like, oh my god, what's happening to my eyes? You'd just be like, merit. I can see around it. Just the Ace Ventura head out the window thing where it's like, well, the window's fucked, but that's fine. I, I got options. So that's fine. So no setbacks for that. Um, oh, sorry, one setback for... Yep, for the comms the, challenges. The yep. comms issue, but uh, you're not impeded other than that. Um, I'm going to give you a single boost just from what you've... Like, I know you said that you don't know anything about Canhurst, but like you've kind of encountered bits and pieces along the way, and you certainly know Morgan and Eli... So I think that gives you an in, at least. It's oh, yeah, like- and this retroactively explains a lot of the evidence he had seen. So, like, he has an idea of the crimes being committed, which mm-hmm. can let him extrapolate, you know, in his the, the law, and, law and order imperial victims unit. Like, he can just, <laughs> he's seeing the mind crimes. He knows the design. I mean, you... Man, that show really went downhill when Eisenhorn left. You know, I just thought that him and uh, what's-her-name uh, were just really a good duo, and then... She stayed on and he left to do his own show, uh, which is the opposite of the books, I think. So well, I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. Um, cool. That's all good. Um, in terms of story points, um, I believe we're sitting at. Oh, man, I've written too many numbers down. Uh, I have four for us and one yeah, for you. That's and okay. Have, that was the most that's recent one. Uh, for those of you watching and listening at home, my very, very scientific way of, of tracking this is up the margin of the notebook I write in. I just write two out of three, three, three out of two. Um, and then I write a box around them, which is my indicator that this is the most recent one. All of them have boxes around them because they were all at one point the most recent one. Uh, incidentally, four and one is the only one that doesn't have a box, and that one was right. So fuck me, I guess. Use the uh, box to eliminate them. That'll be your new system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which makes a lot of sense. You see, good system, good system. That's why I can't use it. Um, if I don't have a minor panic attack every time I look at this notebook, am I really playing Genesis? Um, so, uh, with all that in mind, Ryan, uh, I think that's, that's it. So let's roll. And again, this isn't like necessarily a life or death thing. Um, this is social combat. So there will be some, uh, some strain getting kicked around, which is a system we rarely touch in, in this game. Five advantage. Five advantage. Okay, cool. So from that, uh, you can... Uh, I'm just going to read off some things you can possibly do. Like I'm Laura last session. Um, you can learn the <laughs> desire or fear of target character. If you really want to learn what he's about, um, you can conceal your true goal to the encounter. Uh, you can learn the true goal of your target. If your target has one, uh, you can learn the strength or flaw of the target character. You can add a setback or a boost to an active. Okay. How much does it cost me to do the, the concealing and revealing goal thing? But that's three. So with your two remaining, you can either do learn a strength or flaw, or you can pull a, a, a setback, a bonus, or like funny third thing. So which, it's three for me to hide mine. It's three for me to learn his. It's two for me to do the other shit. Uh, yes, but you can learn. Sorry, you can learn strength or flaw for two. Great. Um, intention or goal is three. Cool. I want to learn his goal because that's 100% what Valentine is trying to do because you can really only flatter an ego when you know what is important to that ego. Uh, and then for two, he would also like to figure out his weakness. <laughs> he has very specific goals. Uh, and like fingers crossed, yeah. like, please say weakness, please say weakness. 
Yeah, you're just hoping for like the the House of the Dead style. Like he's got one big red pulsing heart on his like shoulder. <laughs> the old Dark Souls target. Like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. And it's power I'm, fist sized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I am I am perfection, but every so often I have to lean forward to punching distance for reasons. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't cut the <laughs> ring off my fingers. Ah, tits, you did it. Ah, jeez. Uh, my horoscope was right. Um, okay, so... There's a, a deep chuckle uh, from uh, from outside and like that friendly, you know, like America's dad way that only Tom Hanks can really pull off. Uh, and uh, he just says, oh, well, let's be honest now. I think you're probably a little more. Uh, how should we put this? Uh, thinking about ways to execute me for heresy than just purely impressed by my my abilities here. But, you know. I gotta say, I do appreciate you uh, recognizing the value of my work, at least, rather than just, you know, yelling "burn heretic, burn" as uh, some of our more zealous colleagues would do. But I somewhat doubt your your intentions. Um, and he kind of pauses, uh, and um, you can see you hear like a squelch, uh, and you can see him attempt to do like a wry, knowing grin, which is really just like a flap of mouth just pulling tight uh, across his, his uh, chest bone. Um, the, uh, that like last human from Dr. Who, um, but shot through lens of HR Geiger is kind of a good mold for how his <laughs> face works. Uh, so he, um, he says, uh, based on your three advantage spent. Um, oh, Sorry, now, now in my, thank, thank you for bringing <laughs> up HR Geiger. Cause now he just has penises all over him. It's okay. Uh, now? Yeah. Always. Um, yeah. So he, uh, with with his his attempted awry smile, he Sorry, uh, I'm just imagining Eli being like, "Those are dicks." <laughs> just, just pointing him. Like, You're mad, man. That's too many dicks. <laughs> this is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty we can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. <laughs> So he uh, he regards you and he says, uh, now, you know, I, I, I feel like I do owe you somewhat of an explanation given that you didn't just try and immediately kill me on sight. Seems only reasonable. And uh, quite frankly, I'm just a little bit tickled that you brought a couple of old friends back to me. I uh, ordered my my legions here to uh, to stop when I saw you brought, uh, well, the, the, the bringer of my specimens and uh, the bringer, uh, the key, uh, rather, to my technology uh, back to me. You know, it's it's always nice when old tools show up. And uh, uh, Morgan, Eli, uh, good to see you. Hope you're well. Hope you enjoyed the bar. Um, but, uh, yeah, Valentine, was it? Yes. Yeah, what order are you there, bud? Older hereticus. So this is all a bit, shall we say, out of my expertise. Cora is like fucking foaming at the mouth mad about all this, but he's holding her tongue for now. Wise. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how her next roll goes. Wise, Valentine thinks. <laughs> <laughs> it says, uh, well, uh, all right. So, I, I mean, you're you're probably used to some of your, your compatriots, your colleagues getting just a little too close to... Uh, well, you know, the temptations of the enemy, right? That's 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 a thing we see all the time. Someone decides, hey, it'd be great if I could hold this book with a tentacle before you know it. We're in there purging with fire. Um, and you know what? Frankly, they deserve it. Uh, because demons shouldn't be shouldn't be trifled with. Uh but humanity has always stood, in many cases, literally a head and shoulder above the Xenos. 
you know they they are uh biological engineering perfected but intellectually i mean they just can't hold a candle to to us terrans and uh well i just thought it was about time we corrected that uh so as you can see and he like gestures with a bunch of little tiny arms but also the wings and also the 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 scythes but it really it, it doesn't give a grand like knight's king arm raise effect so much as just like a bunch of like random arm gestures uh, kind of occurring uh, from around his body. Um, when he says, uh, I've always been fascinated by, by the Tyranids, uh, specifically amongst all of the, the Xenos, uh, their hive mind, their uh, bioengineering. And hey, I mean, they figured out how to engineer us. And that got me thinking, if they can do that to us, why can't we just do that to them? And as you can see from the results of my work, uh, it turned out pretty well, and all of the uh, the Tyranids around you kind of salute in unison, and it's a very like imperial Aquila style um, salute. Um, and uh, he says, uh, "So, you know, when we've got demons out there, the enemy. I mean, you look at this old Hulk we're on. This this ship was was overrun by corn, uh, cornate berserkers. They just they killed everyone on board. Turns out they took the blood for the blood gut thing, real literally." Emptied out the blood bank, took the skulls for the skull throne thing, really literally took all the skulls, and then they just left. Just left all these bodies, all this great biomass just here. All this machinery just here. No care for anything. It's sloppy. It's it's wasteful. So, uh, you know, I got to thinking, if we're going to stand a chance against such a threat, well, we need to improve ourselves. And, you know, I respect our friends in the Adeptus Astartes, but there's just not nearly enough of them. So why not just grow our own? Why do we need old schematics to tell us how to make power armor when we can just grow it ourselves? And I think the answers speak for themselves. Think of how fast you would have mowed down an Imperial Guard if they came to meet you. But look at these lads. They're doing great. Except for your friend with the power fist. But really, <laughs> who stands against that? Um, and he taps his body just a little bit as he says it. And uh, it is an, an alarmingly thick-sounding carapace. So maybe him. Uh, the implication is is rather clear. Um uh, and he says, so, uh, you know, I just, I thought of everything. Uh, well, everything except for one little detail that was a little too late by the time I got done with all my improvements. Uh, and that's that, uh, well, I, wouldn't you know it? I can't fly in space. It's real embarrassing for me. But uh, of all the things I didn't account for, I, I, I saw these these massive wings. I thought of the dream of human flight that our, our ancestors had. They took their first steps out of the caves in Terra. And uh, wouldn't you know it, by the time I was done, I drained my engine dry and this old thing can't fly for shit. So, uh, and unfortunately, we uh, dealt rather harshly with the tugs that brought us out here. We couldn't, of course, have someone just bumbling in here and executing us as heretics. So, uh, Eli, Eli would like to interrupt. Sure. Uh, just because he's been listening to all this. He has just a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, but the only thing that makes it out is, what, did you think for a second those wings were going to push the non-air in space? I mean, he's not talking through Eugene, but might be able to hear through the ship, so I don't I was know. I say, like, Valentine doesn't have the mic on, but, yeah. um, and uh, so he just kind he of... Uh, it, but he definitely yells it. <laughs> he chuckles and he says, uh, you know... Eli, I the problem, the other mistake I made was I didn't keep you around long enough to point out such flaws. I had some of the best bioengineers. Just, you know. Uh, How long you been doing this, Kanehurst? Oh, this were old you, thing? Were you well, doing this when we were with you? The, Valentine is now going to be very clearly signaling to Eli to shut the fuck just up. The saddest, <laughs> the saddest crevice of a of a frown and all of the the nids. Like you can see variations of what would probably be a frown on all of their, their kind of horrible termagant and homogant, homogant. I hate, hate it. Hormagant. Hormagant. Nikolaus. Nikolaus. On all their faces. Uh, and he just says, oh, Eli, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. W- what did you think you were for? You know, we, we didn't. We didn't vent your ship. Uh, that's where I got all my samples from. You created just a just a perfect uh, harvesting ground for me. I mean, once you convinced, uh, well, you you know, you vented all the air. We just went in. We we collected all the samples. Uh, well, you and I were having drinks. Actually, my crew was uh, was at work. I was actually that never sat right with me because I know you you took a lot of shit for that 
later for making that decision. Uh, but I mean, I don't, I don't know why you should really be so mad. This is actually a bit of a reunion for you. Uh, a bunch of your old shipmates are here. Um, and he is biting his tongue after that. There are just like various limbs that raise from, from the hallway Valentine. and like outside. Uh, and he just says, yeah, no, you, you guys were, were, were both great uh, for what I needed from you. I mean, I was trying to get samples uh, from, from our Xenos compatriots back on Last Gleaming, but they just kept giving me hollowed out skulls, which were completely useless. So I just left them in storage because who needs that? Uh, you brought me my samples and uh, Morgan here uh, was the key to unlocking uh, that, that the, techno- the last piece. Because, you know, here's the problem. You can uh, you look at the, uh, how the Tyranids work, right? They've got their 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 hive mind. They can just control everything. That's great. But you need a way to to speak to the Tyranids. And uh, well, I just Plum didn't have that. But uh, your cultist friends, Morgan, uh, they figured out how to talk to things that one normally can't talk to. So uh, that was great. I just needed the uh, the speech coding that they'd uh, scarred into your back there in order to to just. It was like um, you heard the, the old stories of the Rosetta Stone and in, in ancient Terran lore, like that. That's uh, that's what you did for me. Uh, oh, rest assured, also, that cult is gone now. I, I wiped them out. It seemed only fair. Uh, so, also, you're welcome, Ordo Malleus, uh, <laughs> doing your job for you. But, uh, yeah, between the two of you, you gave me exactly what I needed. And I do apologize I left you on last gleaming, but really, you were done there. So, all that to say, uh, Valentine, I've been stuck here for a long time, and I've got a lot of help for the Imperium Um and I'm really eager to just start spreading the good word and making sure that humanity takes its next halting, clicking, clawing steps forward uh, towards victory. So that's what I'm about. You know, if you had advantage, for example, uh, that's what it would have been. <laughs> Great. And did I pick up a weakness? In I was going to say, and now for a, a talk can't, about uh, it's a flaw, allergic to? a weakness, and he okay. can't fly. Uh, fly in space. Can't fly in space. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it is not a pulsing target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not expecting that. I just wanted to be clear on yep. exactly what it was for my brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which also answers the reason why he's just still here because he, <laughs> he can't leave the ship because he doesn't have a ship. So he's just hanging out. Well, Inquisitor Canis, it appears that we've reached what might be called a bit of an impasse. Uh, my goal is to leave here because I'm trying to stop a threat that is directly to the Golden Throne, a cabal that is threatening to dethrone the Emperor within the next year. Uh, you are trying to change humanity in what might be called a longer-term plan that might require the Emperor for significantly longer than that to keep the Astronomicon functioning. I'd like to leave. What do you want and is there a way we can both get what we want? Well, I mean, it would, you're right. You know, it's going to take me a while. But, uh, you know, it sounds like you're on a, a, a holy quest. And again, I really do appreciate you didn't come in here with, you know, melt-a-bombs or something and just start blowing stuff up. Because, well, then I would have had to gut you. And that just seems like a waste of good good humans. So um, here's what I'd propose. Uh, why don't you join me Um you know, sync up with the the hive mind. I'll put a bunch of these guys at your disposal. Eli already, you'll still have your retinue. They'll just all work directly for your brain. You don't have to give them orders anymore. They don't like, I don't know, start raving uh, about joy and hope and nonsense. And then you have to like lock them in their rooms. They'll just do what you say. And it's wonderful. And I mean, look around, look around at, at all, all these, 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 these pals I've got here, you know, I've got thousands. Uh, I give them points, point values, just to determine kind of how many how many people I have. I have thousands of points worth of, well, they're small to me, so miniatures here that uh, that operate at my beck and call. Um, Jesus Christ! And if you join me, I mean, you'll just have access to this too. And you know, I'm looking at you here. I, I can see your your what your hand looks like, maybe your eyes. Like you, you've taken some some damage. And I gotta say, it's pretty great when those things don't matter anymore. Interesting, interesting. Uh, and he's just going to be typing some quick notes on his data pad that he has. And he's just going to, like, hold it out to Morgan and then wander over and hold it out to the others. Uh, and it just says, like, we're pulling the trigger on the ship. <laughs> the timer. Be ready to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's just going to say, all right, so from what I understand, you think we should become part of your military force and then move forwards here? That makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's a very good idea. And at the same time, 
die heretic. Uh, and he's just going to like hit Kotov to hit the button and fucking bolt for that hole. <laughs> it's just there to get the fuck out of here. Morgan, you've got some hands in the air. Is that just Dell stress or? This or? is just Dell stress. This is me stress. <laughs> Morgan is cool. Fair enough. Um, and just like the biggest Tina Fey eye roll gif uh, from um, Kane Hurst, just whole body eye roll. Um, and over uh, over the comms, uh, just here, like just a, a sigh of disappointment as, as Kotov uh, slams the button and um, just kind of turns all you and says, well, uh, <laughs> there, there, there it is. No one cares. No one's paying God. attention, but that's what he says. Um, so he slams the button. Um, Cora is smiling like it's her birthday, and she <laughs> she got exactly what she wanted. Um, immediately, um, there's that sound. I don't know if you've you've ever heard a generator um, uh, like overload, but it's like a weird deep bass resonant sound um, of of electricity that's just like truly alarming and you hear that kind of rock the ship as just um kotov essentially backwashes energy through uh kind of like putting a battery in the wrong way and then just like blasting a bunch of shit through it so immediately just kind of like pulses start going out of the ship uh it's not like an alarm goes off and pieces start falling off like in the movies um (laughs) but um you can see that he is he's like clearly fucked things up there are alarms within uh the dream of flight um that are are uh, suggesting that uh, the the core is is starting to go critical, um, outside uh, and still kind of over the speakers under that, um, you can hear just like uh, a screech from amongst the uh, the army as a bunch of them just swarm the outsides of the ship um, and start funneling in um, again. Like that group that was that was up front starts to like rush further forward. I guess my question for the for the group assembled is like. You've got the bolt hole. Um, what's your order of going out? Uh, because those who don't go out, those who do go out are going to have to contend with what's out there. Those who don't are going to have to contend with what's coming up the rear. And it is like a manhole-sized thing. So it's not like mm-hmm. it's going to take you a long time to get through, but it's not going to take you zero time to get through. So what's the what's the order? Val, I mean, we've got a rear guard functionally. Uh, Valentine would have in his notes just been like, he's going out. Morgan's coming out right behind him. Then Kotov, then Eli. Atticus will come last because a he can punch whatever the fuck we're dealing with, but he can hold the longest. And then Cora will be coming out with Atticus because she's got the most <laughs> Xenos experience. But it's really just because <laughs> Valentine doesn't really care. Cora makes it out as the rear guard. <laughs> Tracks. Atticus is valuable but useful. Cora is expendable, and he likes Atticus more. Oh, like the rest of the family. That's nice. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so I think what I'm going <laughs> to oh, need man. then is uh, Valentine and Morgan. You mm-hmm. kind of like leap down together, um, and there are uh, Tyranids. Uh, like again, you've got a variety uh, out here of what you now see are hybrids um, that are are either humans who have been fused with a lot of like basically reverse gene stealers. It's like humans who have been like infused with a bunch of uh, Tyranid tech. Um, or Tyranids that have been like grafted with with human nonsense. Um, that said, uh, none of them are aware of the bolt hole. It's not as obvious as the back hatch, which they are currently clawing open, um, or any of the vents or like torpedo tubes or anything else. So it's one of those weird moments um, that you drop out under the ship and you can just see kind of like twisted limbs moving past you um, with kind of that, that um, again, very Geiger style like extra threading of, of muscle and tubular kind of uh, limbs that the Tyranid models all have that are super fun to paint. Um, mm-hmm. So you can sort of see see all of those legs and, and kind of torsos. Uh, the ship is, I'd say, probably about four feet off the deck uh, at a bad angle, so there's a bit of a slope. Um, so you're a little bit crouched. Um, I think what I need immediately, unless you're just going to start shooting the minute you hit the deck, is uh, stealth from from both of you. Uh, to see if the the assembled uh, creatures notice you or not. It's just Valentine and Morgan. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Morgan Valentine, because I think he's seen your like Falcon thing. Mm-hmm. Probably would be with us. Uh, Valentine will be carrying the bag because I think the bird could be useful in a way right. that 
the bag wouldn't. So he'll just sling that over his back. So your bird is free. Yeah. yeah. And I Some think kind the, of free bird. Free bird. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think that Toby would be going out and up as high as he can and out first because then she can scout like a path or see what's in front of them further along. But he would just be up and pinwheeling in the air around to check okay, out stuff. Okay. So. Before we do your rolls, yeah. I'm going to roll for the swarm firing at Toby. And then uh, they just, get they get two setback because he has two defense when he's in the air. Yeah. He is not a subtle birdo. Um <laughs> this little jet engine shooting at his ass. <laughs> but maybe that will help distract them from us sneaking underneath, is the thought. Honestly, you are you are correct. So um and I'm sorry, uh, Del, the two setback is from the pinwheeling? He gets two defense when he is flying. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that, that tracks for me. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. I have that. I'm going to spend a... Oh, no, I'm low on story points. I'm not going to spend shit. Would you guys like to spend <laughs> a story point? I mean, for your Valentine is spending him? a point on the bird. No, birds. <laughs> Toby's got to figure out his own <laughs> life right now. <laughs> Not unlike his Morgan namesake from the Animorphs, he stands alone. I was uh, say, Morgan and Valentine have never been more psychically linked than in the moment of sending the bird ahead to get shot at instead of them. It's a little bit like the, uh, the Star the Wars bird. droid thing where it's like, oh yeah, droids are absolute characters and people in this world. And like R2 gets shot constantly and they're like, eh. It's fine. <laughs> Only C-3PO's like, oh my God, my best friend. They're like, it, whatever, it's cool. Computer's broken, put it in the shot. So what is our difficulty for our stealth check, Tom? Uh, I'm going to deal with my shit first. Oh, do that first, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so <laughs> wah, wah. Um, so <laughs> I take uh, one three failure and a uh, three failure and a setback. So I'm gonna give you a boost to Toby. one of your stealth checks. Um, Damn. And yeah, they they fail they fail horrifically in their their shooting of, of Toby. It's almost like if you are puppeteering uh, a bunch of biomass monsters you built yourself out of vaguely willing people, uh, and then tried to teach them to use guns that their hands aren't built for. Maybe they're not the best shots in the world. I don't know. Uh, maybe there's a reason the Tyranid bio guns operate differently than uh, trying to jam a clawed finger through. Uh, a Laz rifle. Uh, Reasonable. Uh, guard, so. I will take that boost if you don't yes. mind, Dell, because Valentine boost. has a refractor mm. field active, which makes him worse at stealth. So I think mm. a distraction mm. would be the only thing that could logically help the refractor yeah, field. Yeah, and be again, less like effective. it's not like there are eyes on you. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like you know those those horrible like tarantula heads they have like under under the the thing like <laughs> looking around yet. Um, so even with the refractor field, like it does make you more obvious, but you're also just in a place. Like, I don't know, I've, I've hidden crevices like this in Destiny to avoid bosses for a very long time. I had a whole debate about the Civil War under one once. Like, you can, you're you're pretty well fine. It's mostly the dropping to the ground piece is the the issue at hand. Uh, less for Morgan, more for you. So, uh, with that in mind, they're distracted. You can take your point of advantage. Um, I'm going to say uh, difficulty of three, uh, just because there are so many of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you kind of loudly declared that you were, you, you were getting out of there. I mean, the guy could see us on video, so he'd know no matter what. Freaking turd, man. Freaking tyranid turd, man. Um, <laughs> Valentine, I don't think, would use a story point on this. I think yeah. he's he's more, this is a transitional phase for him as opposed to a key critical moment. Mm. Yeah, and I'm going to just roll it straight because it's like the split second. The only thing she thought about was sending Toby out, and then it's just sure. her body. Yep, dig it. Okay, four successes, four advantages. One success, three threat. Okay, um, great. So I think what I'm going to say then is uh, because you succeed, you both succeed on your check, um, you're able to land without drawing the attention outside. Um, that said, it's enough of a hard drop that there is definitely that like horrible moment um, of a bunch of the nearby Tyranids stopping and kind of being on that kind of alert thing. So unfortunately, the people above you will have to hold out for an extra round as I think I were going to spend that threat. Um, but you are undetected. It's just if Clompy McGee and his bud drop down <laughs> 
in the next few minutes, it's it's really gonna gonna ruin your day. Um, so horribly tense moment of of standing there. Um, I will actually say, Ryan, that Kanehurst mm-hmm. isn't necessarily aware of where you are, and I'll explain why in a moment. Uh, but first, we're gonna go punch some Tyranids up top. Um, Morgan and Valentine, you are safe uh, below. Um, meanwhile, uh, Atticus, Cora. Eli, and I think we'll probably say Kotov is lowered down to Valentine and Morgan um, in that phase. I feel like he would have gone with you because you're doing a lot of Mr. President with him right now. We're just going to put a hand on his shoulder and <laughs> shove him ahead. He's not going to help them in a fight. Like, no, we're, yeah, we'll get him yeah. out of there. Um, and you still need him so you can make those backups of, of yourself for situations <laughs> literally like this one. Uh, that would be great. Um, so uh, Eli and Atticus. Um after he pushes the big red button, um, the the Tyranids are just swarming uh, swarming in. So basically, the way we're going to take this combat check, um, because we're kind of using swarm and minion rules, uh, I'm also playing some pretty fast Calvin Ball with a combination of the Genesis book and the Xenomorph rules from the Alien Genesis conversion, <laughs> which are... Um, the goal here isn't to have a bunch of individual melees. Instead, we're going to basically roll your combat check as like in terms of holding the line, how successful are you at that? Or do you have to just fucking bolt and dive down the hole, uh, which will ruin the stealth below, but that's, that's, uh, what, what we're looking at. So, um, Eli and Atticus, how are you fighting to kind of hold back the swarm? I think Atticus's tactic remains the same. Occupy the, the hallway. It's a narrow choke point. He's got his shield up. He punches anything that gets too close while, People with ranged weapons shoot over him, around him, that kind of thing. Great. And Eli? Oh, yeah. Now this is this is like Eli's kind of turned to the side, so he's kind of able to run forward and like over like over the back kind of is mm-hmm. uh, one-handed because he modified his combat shotgun to be one-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just actions. like blasting. Hmm? Nice. Yeah, good for breaching actions. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Um, okay, cool beans. So... Um, Let's go with Atticus first, because I think that will determine how much of a bad day Eli's having. Oh. Um, so or Atticus, if Eli saves the day. Oh, oh yeah. Just like his, <laughs> his day is worse if he doesn't have a, a big boy with a shield between him and, and Zeno's threat. I think he's going to save the day either way. This is this is like those dreams where you're like, I wish I could have said that thing that one time. And now he just gets to say it with a shotgun. Like it's yeah. it's it's good. <laughs> Um, so Atticus, uh, your difficulty is two. Um, I'm going to give you a setback just for the sheer volume of, of mass pressing into you. It's again, Mm -hmm. one of those problems where like, as, as the berserk poster behind you uh, indicates, like you've played a lot of Soulsborne games. You have a big weapon, big weapons are great, but they are also slow. And like the power fist is so good at like mulching things, not great at like swiping back and forth. Uh, in front of you. Um, so you're getting a lot of, of crunch uh, up against you, which just makes it a little bit less pleasant. Um, so set back for that. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, we're not, you don't need to detect them. They're fine. They're there. All right. Yeah, that's, and their defense is zero because they're a swarm. Okay. Good for you. Uh, you're up against the aliens rules, not the alien rules, which is very oh. good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for me. Oh, you know, I'll give you one more boost for having practiced this explicitly this a bunch. Um, I was going to ask if we still had our boarding action. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd give that to you for this because it's the same tactic. So like it, it would uh, it would make sense. Uh, story points are four and one in your favor. Um, I would argue, I know we do a lot of like, I don't know if the character would spend a story point here. I feel like Atticus defending the stealthy escape of Valentine and Morgan probably calls for one, but it is ultimately your pool. So I will let you choose as you see fit. Tom just wants his story points back. <laughs> I have one. I'm sitting on it. It's good. Also, I have a lot of tyrannies. So I'm not <laughs> Sorry, I hadn't baited you yet this Oh, it's okay. It's good. It's a, uh, it's not like you have a turn coming up immediately following this. It's <laughs> yeah. So you know what? I'm going to save my story point for the person who is antagonizing the uh, person running the game. Yeah, she's going to have a lot of setback dice. It's going to be uh, And also, uh, truly, I do feel that Atticus is like, this is the job. This is what I do. This is not... Uh, like, he f- he fought on the front lines of a never-ending orc war. 
This is not that extraordinary for him. <laughs> <laughs> to you, the day the Tyranids came was the worst day of your life. To like, me, it was Tuesday. To me, different... they weren't orcs. Yeah, it's different <laughs> yeah. looking orcs. Yeah. Honestly, but it's, it's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of hostiles that he gets to punch. And realistically, it's probably good Marnie isn't here because she'd just be spending so much time trying to ascertain whether or not these were in fact orcs. <laughs> yeah. um, and she would probably think that this is bullshit. Um, but I mean, uh, we all know Valentine would have told her they were orcs. Orcs. <laughs> 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 these are mountain orcs. Uh, they're slightly different. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so with all that in mind, uh, go ahead and, and take your swing. Okay. Uh, one success. One, two, three, four, five, six advantages. I mean, that sounds like something a story point could have helped quite a bit, but you know, it's cool. Uh, go, oh, ahead, yeah. go ahead with your... Could have been two successes. Yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, what's the ridiculous damage number that is probably in the fucking double digits? It is, yeah. 17, uh, and then we would add one to that from the success. Um <laughs> And let's throw some knockdown in there. Although no, we're not teaching treating this like regular combat. So the advantages can work a different way. No, if you wanna if you wanna blow a knockdown, like again, I'm treating this as like as a crush of bodies hits you, what generally happens to that crush of bodies. So okay. for example, if you want to throw a knockdown in, I'm not gonna be like, you push one of them over. That okay. to me is more so like you do that thing that you see with like it's usually in you know hero movies where a bunch of people like pile up on a shield and you just shove them. It's the the Captain America, like okay. get the fuck yeah. off me. Yeah. Uh, so knockdown. Like you can also gain like plus one defense or something to the end of your next turn. Oh, that's, that's like three advantage. There's some some fun spendy options if if you feel so inclined. Sure. Since I'm I'm the last human wall, uh, I'll oh yeah I'll use I'll spend three on that, two on knockdown, and uh, you know just have the one for fun. Just funsies. Yeah. yeah. Just pass it back to Eli. Yeah, just, that's right. We can do that too. Yeah, flick it over your shoulder like a cigarette. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. So um, you uh, you absolutely pulp um, this this incoming swarm. Um, so you know, just massive hit. Um, body parts flying over. What uh, what what kind of attack is this? Is this just like a, a, a jab forward? What is what does crowd control look like for for Atticus? Um. You know, in the Matrix Reloaded, where Neo's fighting a bunch of Smiths, and there's one portion where he throws one Smith and he hits a bunch of other ones, mm-hmm. and for some reason, I think they even do the sound of a bowling ball hitting they do. bowling pins. <laughs> Inexplicable, fucking yep. wild. Anyway, yeah. yeah, it's that. It's just uh, uh, canonically no bowling ball sound, but yes, yeah, so otherwise. one like a little too rowdy Tyranid getting too big for his britches. Uh, Atticus grabs and throws at the. Uh, oncoming horde to just break their ranks. Great. All right. So, uh, yeah, you just you smith a bunch of Tyranids. Um, and uh, Eli, you're you're like there with him. Um, there's more coming, but you actually have a moment to breathe. So you can open fire on the next unit. It's a bit far away. Um, or I think we can say, since he so effectively murdered all of that, um, that if you want to kind of like ready over his shoulder for like the next swarm to come around the corner, the next wave, if you will, almost as though it's some kind of wave-based situation. Um, uh, we can give you, let's say, two boost for basically like we, like two rounds of aiming. So up yeah. to. That's cool. Okay. I'll take that. Cool. Um, so He's not going to with- waste a shot. Yeah, so that accounts for our our quiet time downstairs. Um, we've got uh, another wave uh, about to rush in, um, which is around the time that Valentine. It does occur to you that it's odd that Kanehurst didn't uh, immediately um, respond by sending everyone, uh, but you realize he's distracted when all of the Tyranids in unison um, say uh, in your voice. Um, well, uh, listen, we're all done here. We're going to need you to come around the side uh, so we can board and uh, get out of here right quick. After all, it is a great day for the Emperor, and we've got some fantastic information that we'd love to get aboard. So just bring the ship around, and we'll be there presently. Um, after which she says, uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, I probably should have mentioned. Um, I kind of needed to talk to you long enough to get a sense of your voice. But now that I've got that, I think uh, well, I'm going to borrow your ride, if that's okay. Uh 
Enjoy your old friends, Eli. I'll see you all in hell. Uh, and with a flap of his wings, he bursts upward through the ceiling um, into the uh, the deck above and uh, begins to make his way towards the soon-to-dock Marnie's song. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden. Melissa Rain. Nithrian. Garbo Ape. Locke. Sam Schaefer. And Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. <laughs>